our love for God. You know, you'll see people raising their hands, uh, getting uh, passionate for God. That's our expression. That's just how we do church, and um, that works for us. And so hopefully that you can uh, feel comfortable with that with us this morning. Uh, just a few little minor announcements. We have uh, Pastor Pauline and Josie this morning went up to a ladies event, a ladies camp type of thing. Um, so they're ministering somewhere up the coast. Um, and that means I have to organise lunch for myself today. But, but uh, so it's, it's very exciting for, for them to be able to go and minister from our church out to other places so that's a, a great thing also we're going to pray this morning for someone um, that's Breeze Jessup we're going to pray for her she's going to Adelaide for at least six months for um, some medical treatment and uh, she's been a great part of our church family a great support to myself as the pastor in the things that she's picked up and helped us with and so I'm just going to ask the leadership team we're going to uh, uh, gather around her just ask the leaders to go around and they're going to anoint her with oil and Oh, she's come out. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, I'm just going to just pray. And we're going to pray and stand with Breeze. And I just encourage you, if you are going to Adelaide in the next uh, few months, uh, you know, you can contact her and go and visit her and uh, just support her while she's there having that treatment. So I'm just going to ask the team to lay hands on her and, and anoint her with oil. And let's just uh, pray for Breeze together this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray for Breeze today for the Holy Spirit to be upon her as she goes to Adelaide. Lord, we pray for the, the doctors, the team, the, the medical staff that are going to be looking after her. Lord God, that they have uh, her best interest at heart. And Lord, I pray for the wisdom and the skill that uh, they have will be combined with our faith to bring about a perfect healing in her life, Lord. So we just pray right now, Father, for um, the touch of Jesus Christ to be upon her body. Lord, I pray that again, when the, when the doctors do more testing and when the doctors look into her condition, that they'll say, well, it's not what we thought. And Lord, I pray that we'll see her totally healed by the power of Jesus Christ. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just want to get into the Word this morning and I know we always do th try and do things a little bit different. Who knows that sometimes church can become predictable and, uh, and stale. So we do try and just change things a little bit each time so that it's not, hey, well, we know what's going to happen next. So today uh, is one of those days where we've tried to mix things up a little bit. But um, to today's message, I want to do part two of Alignment. Um, and if you missed part one, you can get that on our podcast. I've checked with Carlos. Yes, so talk to him. He'll tell you how to find that. But um, today's part two of the series of Alignment. And this was uh, this series, and I'm working on part three and four uh, as well. But this was prompted by a quote I heard, and it said, Show me your friends, and I'll show you your future. And of course, this this statement has a scriptural um, that supports it, a scripture that supports it. And Proverbs 13, uh, where's my little thing here? I have it. Oh. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. In the other versions of the Bible, some of the more traditional versions of the Bible, it, it says associate with fools and and basically will lead to death. 
Um, so that's probably a bit more of a, a, a softer version of that scripture. But today we're going to look at, at alignments with other people that inspire us to greater things. And uh, you know, I, I really believe that, that um, some of the greatest achievements that mankind make, that individuals make, aren't because of someone's super talent or ability or wisdom, but it's because of the alignments they've made with others that have helped them to pursue their very best. So I believe it's God's purpose for the church to be, to be such a place that equips and encourages you to exploits above your weight, above your capacity. And that's the kind of church that I want to be part of. That's the kind of church that I believe God wants us to be. In our case, uh, One Heart Church, uh, align yourselves in spirit with others building the same vision of church. Uh, and we'll build a large relevant church of mature believers who love our community. That's our, that's our, um, our vision statement. And, and I believe that as we uh, connect in with others, as we align ourselves with the purposes of God, the bigger picture, so to speak, then we'll find our individual purpose and call in life and we'll help others to flourish and find their place in life. So a little bit of background. I almost lost my own grip on the ministry while in a church that mostly when I spoke with others, they, they concentrated on negativity and dissatisfaction. And I almost lost it all. I remember um, saying to Pauline, well, if that's church, and I don't want if that's ministry, I don't want it. I don't want to be involved in that. I'd rather be anywhere else than, than be part of that. And I got out of that place. I removed myself and I found a place where others surrounded me with positive faith and vision. Because you know something? You need people around you who, who have positive faith, not negative faith. Because what you speak out is something in faith and it can, you can be speaking negative faith that actually destabilizes other people's confidence in God. And you know, there is, there is no reward in heaven for those who said, I spent 30 years in the same church complaining about the same things. And we saw pastors come and pastors go. We saw ministries rise and ministries fall. Didn't matter how good or, or whatever it was, we still had that that level of dissatisfaction. You know something, it's dissatisfaction in life has nothing to do with the circumstances that surround you. It, it's about the heart that is within you. And I want you to renew your heart, renew your perspective and start to see life through the, through the purpose that you're here because God put you here. God wants you here to grow you and, and promote you. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22, <clears throat> Pardon me. And Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, they describe the same story, the same situation, both these scriptures. Matthew 4, verses 18 to 22, and Luke 5, verse 1 to 11. And it describes how Jesus called Simon Peter to be a disciple. It's a description of alignment. And that, that key word that I'm, I'm going to be talking about over you know, the next period of time is alignment. When we can align ourselves with Jesus, when we align ourselves with his church, when we align ourselves with his purpose for our life, things will begin to change all around us and within us. So 
And so here, here we are, the calling of Peter. Uh, so just imagine, I'm not going to read out the whole story here, but Jesus is walking along the lake uh, and there's some fishermen fishing away and he notices a boat with fishermen and he singles out a single person called Simon. Later, he changes his name to Peter and he says to Simon, come and follow me because I'm going to make you a fisher of people. And I used to sing this song in Sunday school. One thing I always try and tell people when they're learning to preach or whatever, if you're not a singer, then don't sing. But I used to sing this song when I was growing up in Sunday school that said, I will make you fishers of men, fishers of men. I'm thinking, I don't want to be a fish of a man. Because I thought literally, I will make you a fish. I will make you all fishers of men. What on earth? What is this church on about? But he said, I'll make you a fisher. I'll make you a fisherman of people is basically a better interpretation of that song. <clears throat> and it says when, when Jesus called Simon for that purpose with his life, it said he left, uh, it says he left his nets behind at once and followed him. And that decision that Peter made changed everything in his life and I think in the life of the church. And we're still preaching about Peter today. But see, when Jesus calls you, you have to leave your mates in the boat behind. Could you imagine if Peter was, was thinking, oh, well, thank you for that great call, but looked around at his mates, at his nets, at the expensive boat, at the brand new outboard that he just put on it and said, sorry, Jesus. I just need to stay with what's comfortable right now. I've got to stay in the company of my mates. See, alignment is about these things. Alignment is about this. The first thing alignment is about, the value of alignment takes you beyond what you, what you can accomplish alone. And in this particular context, I want, to, I want, to, I want you to think about aligning with us, uh, with God, aligning with Jesus Christ in your life that takes you beyond what your limitations are in the natural. <clears throat> so I'm not, I'm not just talking about aligning individually with people because that is important. But if we're aligned with the wrong people, then we'll never achieve the purpose God wants. If all you're ever getting fed from other people is negativity and complaining, then you're never going to reach the potential that God wants in your life. You've also got to allow yourself to have people speak into your life and say, uh-uh, either not now or not ever. And we don't like that. Who likes that? The second part, the value of alignment, inspires faith goals and vision in you and others. That's why we need church. That's why we need to come together and pray together and study the scriptures together and, and learn together. So if you're at a place in life, this is a really important question. Maybe close your eyes right now. We'll do an altar call right now. No. Think about this. If you're at a place in life where you don't want to be, you, you, you know, we could call it the old midlife crisis. Some people get to that when they're only 18. But you're at this place and you think, I don't really like where I am. In fact, I don't even know how I got here. And I'm not talking about a location where you live. I'm talking about a condition of your spirit. 
or, or the, the, the condition of your heart, whatever way you want to describe it, but you find yourself in a place where you don't want to be, then I'll tell you, you've got to start looking at what and who you have aligned yourself with. Because those things will determine why you are where you are. They'll also determine where you will be in the future, depending upon who's around you right now. See, there is something to be gained in the company of those alignments that challenge you better. That's not good English. I'll say it again. There is something to be gained in the company of those alignments that challenge you better. Find someone, find people, find a church that will challenge you better, that will challenge your best, that will challenge and promote godliness and a lifestyle that, that launches you to something much greater. See, some people have the effect of bringing out the best of our worst. Have you ever found that? I said this the last time in the last uh, part one of alignment. I only ever smash up phone booths when I'm with him. I only ever gossip when I'm with her. And sometimes we find people that bring out the, the best of our worst. We've got to find people who are bringing out the best of our best and not and not uh, uh, parking at the best of our worst. Because it's lovely to stay at the best of our worst. It's where I'm most comfortable. Be honest, the same for you too. We're comfortable where we can be at the best of our worst. You say, well, that's, I just let them have it. I just tell them. I tell you, I do that, and I spend the rest of the week thinking, what a goon. What did I do that for? Why did I blow my stack? Find the ones who fuel the best of your best. Alignments like that build you. I want you to look at this story of David and the men that align to his cause. David is a, is a character in the Bible, if you're not familiar with what we're preaching about today. Because sometimes preachers go on about all these things and people, and you're thinking, well, who's David? Is that the guy from Leader Distributors? Well, that's him as well. But David is a character in the Bible who was a king. And we, we find a lot of good things about his life. 2 Samuel 23, where is it? 2 Samuel verse, uh, chapter 23, verses 13 to 17. I'll read it all out to you, and then we're going to look at some points here. It says, Once during the, uh, during the barley harvest, when David was at the cave of Adjalam, the Philistine army was camped in the valley of Rephaim. Let's stop right there. At the start of the barley harvest, I'd say it's probably close to or right in summertime. Farmers here can tell me if that's correct. But it's probably when the weather's warming up. So I'd say when the weather's warming up, it's a time you'd get thirsty. It's time when you start thinking about, you know, I, I need a cool drink. So that's the time of year we're in. And it says the three who are among the 30, this is, explains itself here, they were an elite group among David's fighting men, went down to meet him there. David was staying in the stronghold at the time. And a Philistine detachment had occupied the town of Bethlehem. Philistines are the enemy. So you think of the enemy. In this case, think Philistine. You think, well, they represent the devil. So we're not going to spend too much time thinking about him this morning. But when you think of Philistines in the story, you're thinking someone representing evil in your life who wants to prevent you from inheriting or getting some blessing or getting some relief from the conditions that you're in. So that's understand. everyone okay with that? Yeah. Okay, David remarked longingly to his men, Oh, how I would love some of that good water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem. 
Remember where the Philistines, they're occupying Bethlehem. They're saying, we're not going to let you get to this well. So the three men broke through the Philistine lines, drew some water from the well by the gate in Bethlehem and brought it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. And he said, the Lord forbid that I should drink this. This water is as precious as the blood of these men who risked their lives to bring it to me. So David did not drink it. And these are the examples of the exploits of the three. There it is, verse 15 is the key this morning. See, these three men had chosen to make alignments in their life with others. And alignment is about friends like that. That's the whole power of alignments is having friends like that who could break through enemy ranks and draw water and bring it back. You see, alone they could not have broken through the Philistine lines, but the three were able to do it. The three of them did it. And success isn't all about how good you are, but who you're aligned with. I've said this before, you could be, you could be really good at something, but it's not until you align yourself with a coach or an expert who can bring that out even better, who can train you further. Because natural instinct and natural talent can get you so far, but there's very rare person who can um, be at the top of the game without a coach, without that, uh, that extra learning that is brought by the expert eye of another. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 12 it says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, what's more amazing in this story of David is he poured the water out on the ground. The water that they risked their lives for. Talk about unappreciated. Could you imagine how, how most people feel in a church context when they're not appreciated? When they do something, they say, well, I've been working on this newsletter and the pastor looked at it and went, hmm, you know, we're not going to use it. So I just poured out your, your sacrifice that you spent three days working upon. Talk about unappreciated. No, that's not how they thought. These three mighty men, they loved David more. In situations like this, some would choose to be negative. And you don't see anywhere in this narrative of any of those three men thinking, well, you know, David spilled our, our sacrifice that we almost died to get and he poured it on the ground. It says David said, this is as precious as these men's own blood. How can I drink that? See, you don't grow faith by listening to whinging or complainers. They will sap your strength and fog your calling. And so often there are people in church that don't know the call of God because they've listened to the complainers. They've listened to those who will sap their energy in the wrong things, in the wrong areas. Now, I know God works according to his word, according to what we see in the Bible. The scheme of, of the devil is to destabilize your confidence 
in God. To cause doubt, his plan is also to destabilize church leadership. It's like a contingent of Philistines blocking the well to quench our thirst or to, to block us getting our spiritual breakthrough that we need to have. The call of salvation comes because Jesus gave his life so we could live in the unlimited resources that come from a perfect sacrifice. You see, Jesus gave the perfect sacrifice because we were imperfect. He gave his life so that we could have a life in him with unlimited resources. And when we align ourselves with that thing first, then anything is possible. And I think sometimes we need to make that, that alignment where we're happy with God and God is happy in us. Then we start to be able to affect other people in a much more positive way. And you know, the, the, the ones who, who uh, are blocked in life, who seem to be always dissatisfied, I believe there's a disconnection between them and God. And we need to recognise that and not get caught along with it. Because most of the time when people think everybody's upset, everybody's worried about this, it's only usually maybe one or three others. Yeah. It's not everybody. Yeah. It's just a small crowd, a small group in any area that you'll find that. You'll, you'll find that those who are dissatisfied with, with their sports teams, those who are dissatisfied with where they work, those who are dissatisfied generally with life because the issue is internal, not external. Right. You know, you find people who have the most... The, 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 the most disadvantage, and yet they still want to uh, pursue something better. And they're not, they're not bogged down by the, the circumstances of life. I saw a program on TV where they do a, a, a job swap, where they have someone from the UK will go to Asia somewhere, and someone from Asia will go to the UK and do the same job, but in a different, whole different thing. And I saw one was a, was a guy who was a garbage collector. Who knows this program? I don't know what it's called. And he, he drove a big compactor in, in London and they took him and, and dropped him somewhere in Asia to work with a, with a garbage collector guy there who has like a, like a thing that has to pull around, like a little cart. And uh, the guy in Asia was so happy for his job. He was so happy, had a beaming smile on his face all the time. Because he had a job that, that you think, well, that's nothing to be happy about. But there's something inside. I think that guy has something that he's, he's content with within himself. And so, so many others, we think, if I, oh, you know, I don't like driving the compactor. So hard, so down. When we align ourselves correctly with God, anything is possible. So I want, I want to give you some keys. What creates alignment? with friends like David had. And we need to choose to be a person that we can align ourselves with others. I'll give you a story from the fruit shop. My dad had a fruit shop and uh, nearby there was, there was other, other Sicilians and Italians who had fruit shops. It was the in thing, be an Italian, come to Melbourne and get a fruit shop. And, uh, and at one particular stage, that they were you know, setting up a business and, and trying to run a business with all those things. It wasn't that easy and money wasn't that, that, uh, wasn't that big. And there was a time where they needed a cash register or what we called it the till. And dad couldn't afford a new cash register but one of the other Sicilian guys came to visit and the, there was a, 
you know, a salesman came to show Dad this fancy new till, but he had no way of paying for it. It was impossible. He just said, well, I need, the old one doesn't work anymore, but I just can't afford this. And then what happened was the, the, the man left, and, and the next thing you know, my dad said, Tony from the other fruit shop in the other suburb away came around you know, a little while later with the brand new till and said, I got this for you, and, and gave it to my dad. And, and sometimes that, that they're the kind of alignments that we love it when people are like that to us. But what I think is even better when you can be that to someone else. And so I use that story to illustrate that we find these kind of connections all the way through life. Now, Tony wasn't a believer. He didn't go to church. He didn't have any of these sorts of things. But there's something special when people have that, that heart for others that says, you know what, maybe I'm going to sacrifice, but I want to bless my friend. And I tell you, if we could have that, adopt that theory in church, maybe not theory, that lifestyle among each other, then I tell you something, people will feel valued, people will, be, will feel wanted, and I think we, we want to see things like the suicide rate in countries like Australia is because people don't have friends that will do that anymore. Here's how we get friends like that. Philippians 2.2. 2. In the words of the Apostle Paul to the church, he says this, Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. From these kind of scriptures is where we get our, our, our name of One Heart Church. is because we want to we work together as one with a common purpose, with common goals, with, with common achievements. But that sounds easy, that, you know, uh, make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly, yeah, you know, whatever. Who does that? I sit in church and hear stuff and think, yeah, yeah, whatever. I know I'm not like you. you are, they're all like, yeah, positive, let's do this. Five points to alignment that will work for you. We find in this scripture. Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4. If this will work. There it is. It says this, don't, okay, we're going to go through this five different keys here. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Okay, I'll just go through these real briefly and give, it, give each one a little, a little uh, explanation. Number one, if you want to, be surrounded by friends like that. Alignments like David saw. Don't be selfish. Live with a generosity of heart. Be inclusive and hospitable. One of, one of our culture keys in our church is to be inclusive of others. To include others in our world. You know, it's, uh, Jesus said it's easy to love people who love you. He says everybody does that. Everyone loves their friends. But Jesus was going an extra, uh, an extra way by saying, love those who, who uh, despitefully use you. Who loves being used? Nobody. But you know something? God says, love those people who use you anyway. They're only coming because they want, they want the free pie or whatever. But don't be selfish. The second one is almost like, uh, no, sorry, no, number two, don't try to impress. 
Basically, what's that, what that's about is be who you are and be happy. Now, I'll tell you something. In trying to impress others might include bragging. And that usually masks insecurity. Oh, you know who I knew? Do you know who I've been hanging around in? I've been driving a, a Maserati this week and all these other things, but I, well, I didn't. But, you know, we brag about our achievements. And, so, and, you know, some people make their achievements seem much bigger. Oh, well, when, we, when I was a pastor of that ministry, you used to have 3,000 people. And you, know, and, and, you know, if you counted everyone who walked through in, in four years and maybe... But we try to impress. Don't try to impress. Be who you are and be happy. The third one. I can put them all up there. Be humble. Be humble. It's a character of no pretense. Be easy to get along with. And don't be demanding. You know, some people that's never happy. Some people just have a pretense about them all the time. I remember a friend of mine, did. A, he was from Alice Springs, and some of you here from Alice might know him. He said he put on an event in Alice Springs, and they had this football personality come to Alice Springs. And my friend organised the whole thing, and the guy, he met him at the airport, and the media was there, it was a big thing in Alice Springs, and this, this football personality said to my friend, oh, if you don't mind, can you walk you know, behind me, like two or three paces behind me, because they're here for me, not you. And so this superstar footballer had, had to be in the front of the parade thinking that's not humble my friend was like ah, how do I get him back on the plane and out of here but be humble be easy to get along with you know some people are just hard to get along with they're just hard work they're always prickly always always trying to interpret what you said that's not a sign of humility what did, you, what did you mean? You know when you said that? So you have a conversation and you have three other phone calls after trying to explain what you didn't mean. <coughs> Number four, don't look out only for your own interests. It's stopping to help others when they break down. That's not looking after your own interest. You know, when you see someone broken down, you, you stop and help. It's being nice. Uh, being nice, not just when you want something. It's being nice because you want to be a blessing to others. Don't think about your own interests, but think about the interests of others. When someone else is broken down emotionally, physically, whatever, then be interested in their, in, in their condition, not just your own interest. Number five. Oh, sorry, I'll, I'll just... Uh, what else do I have there? It's being nice, not just when you're wanting something. I'll just read this out. Help others over the fence and they'll help you. That's good. I like that one. Help others over the fence. And their pants are stuck in the barbed wire, unhook them. <laughs> Number five. Take an interest in others. It's almost like the other one, but in reverse. But be glad with others who are glad. Grieve with the grieving and celebrate the wins and support in the losses. You know, we need, we need friends who are, who are doing all, all type of life. At every stage of life, celebrate the wins and support in the losses. See, when we adopt this type of alignment, our reach becomes greater. One Heart Church, we're counting on building upon correct alignments. 
have a grace alignment about you that others will love to be with you. That others will say, you know what, I, I was feeling discouraged, but now I feel I can do it. I love it as a pastor because I tell you what, the, the amount of opportunity for discouragement every week is pretty good. You get plenty of them. But I like to surround myself with people who, who when I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm not really sure about this, who start to say, oh, what a great idea. We can do that. Oh, yeah, what can I do to help put that together? And faith starts to rise. Because show me your friends and I'll show you your future. So listen, church. If we'll get alongside those who encourage faith, those who build on your strengths and are going where you want to go, then you'll find yourself taking steps into the purpose and the promise that God has intended for your life. Don't just end up anywhere. See, Jesus has a destination to live for. In Luke chapter 12, verse 48, for those of you who would consider yourselves mature Christians. It says, much is re required from those to whom much is given. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. This morning I want to pray for you because alignment is so important. First of all, find those who align with where you want to be. So you could have a ministry desire or perhaps even a goal or something like that. But you need to align yourself with where you want to be if, if that's something that you want in your life. So you, you might be thinking, well, I, I feel a sense that God is calling me into ministry. Then you, you could start by aligning yourself with being trained. You could choose Bible college. You could also say, well, I, I, need to, I need to learn how to deal with certain church stuff. So you, you volunteer yourself to, to serve in the life of the church. They're all alignments that help grow you. They're all alignments that help perfect the areas in your life that you need perfecting in. You won't get, you won't get anywhere without practicing what you want to be good at. In business, in ministry, in life skills, they're all enhanced by godly alignment. I'll give you a caution just before we conclude today. The call of God is easily shipwrecked by incorrect loyalty, loyalty to alignment to those with their own agenda. So we go back to, to Peter. And Jesus is saying, Peter, come follow me. Be my disciple. I'll make you a fisherman of people. And if Peter had looked around with a sense of loyalty to his mates, the guys who he went to trade school with, the guys who he went to primary school with, the guys who, who, who he spent all his, his early life experiences with, if he had looked around and said, well, fellas, are you coming too? And they're like, we're not, go we're not going there. He had to make that step over that decision and saying, I'm going I'm to make an alignment in my life with Jesus now 
that supersedes my alignment with my friends. It doesn't mean you don't have friends anymore. It doesn't mean that you, you cut people off and say, well, you don't matter and I don't love you anymore. It just means there is a, a, a change or a shift in your loyalty that places Jesus Christ as your primary allegiance. There's a whole lesson in there for marriage marriages is sometimes people want to get married, but their primary allegiance is with their mates at the footy club. And you wonder why your marriage isn't working or their primary allegiance is with a can of beer. If you want a great marriage, this is off the point. If you want a great marriage, your primary allegiance has got to be with your husband or your wife. Same if you want to pursue and perfect the grand plan that God has for your life. The primary allegiance has got to be with Jesus Christ. Make Him Lord. It says the amazing thing that Jesus said is He said, if you make the kingdom of God your, your primary focus or their primary cause, then, he, then you'll get everything else as well. Everything else included. We're saying, God, give me everything else and then I'll give you, then I'll love you. Give Him first and then He'll give you the desires of your heart. So I just want to pray with you this morning. If you just bow your heads with me, then, we're, then I'm done. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, I just pray over your people this morning. For those that want to be involved with your purpose. Father, I pray you grant them the alignments. Father, we just want to make a declaration. Lord, grant me the alignments I need to be the best that I can be so that I can walk in the purposes that you have for my life and not be somehow cut short. Lord, I pray that you use me to build the church as I align my life with you and with others so that we get to the same destination and rejoice together in the plans you have. Lord Jesus, we just thank you so much that you love us and care for us and protect us. And want to give us everything to make our life complete. So Jesus, I just pray today, may this word just sink down deep in our spirit. Help us to evaluate, Lord, the alignments that we've made. And where they're going to take us and perhaps even where we are. Jesus, we just say, Lord, we give you permission to realign those things in our life so that we can be a blessing to many. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, church.